Hello, who just coughed? Oh boy. Hello and welcome back to the Hardcore Sobriety Podcast. Today we are joined by, listen, she's a friend to the pod, she's a sister to the pod. And I'm an ally to sobriety! And we are two (laughs) peas in a pod. My good girlfriend, Miss Renee, and also making his main podcast day, but is my husband, Todd. Hi. And we figured, now that the podcast has finally found its feet and its roots and what I want it to be. Not roots. Yes, we're going back to our roots. Let's remake the TV show Roots. Oh, God, here we go. We can't talk about this. Um, Yeah. Um. You know, I, me and Renee talk all the time about, like, how sobriety affects friendships and, you know, obviously it affected my marriage because it's not a one-person thing. As much as it's an individual choice, it affects kind of every aspect. So I guess my first question, Renee, for you would be, knowing me all these years and knowing the little level of excitement I enjoyed in life, did you ever see this coming... At any point. No, because you were somebody that, if we if you had a show, sometimes didn't even drink. So you were somebody that could decide, oh, tonight is not a drinking night. Tonight is not a fun night. Tonight I'll just do a show. I'm leaving. Blah, blah, blah. It was never that... Few and far between, right. but... No, I know, but it was like you were never every single night... Bobblehead Mary like me sometimes. No, because that's what people think alcoholism is. It's it's what the mainstream media... Mainstream media. It's what, like, Hollywood projects alcoholism to be. You wake up, you have alcohol in your bedstand. You are falling asleep. You're poor. You, you know, you don't have a job. Your life's falling apart. And while that is... Every every two seconds, you have a flask. You're shaking. You're drinking little red tops in your car at lunch. (laughs) Like, while that is some people's story, that doesn't... That's literally, like the 1% of what you actually see in AA and in recovery. So I understand what you mean, but, you know, I think there's so many people that I talk to that are like, "Uh, I knew you had a problem. (laughs) I mean, we all had, I mean, we all stemmed from Fire Island most, you know. Yeah. So anything you did on Fire Island, no matter who you were, you did triple at least. Yeah. If you drank normally out regular... On Fire Island, I mean, if you told somebody, oh, I drank a bottle of vodka a day, which is normal on Fire Island, yeah. when you wake up at 12. 12. I was just telling Marty that by by 3 o'clock, I would have gone through probably two bottles of champagne, at least six or seven shots, and probably four to five, like, vodka drinks before the show started nice at Ms. 3. Piggy. And lots of cocaine. Yeah. So Yeah, Fire Island is... Uh, a disastrous place for any, if any you, substance. If you smoke, if you just smoke, you smoke you triple. Smoke more, yeah. Well, you're outside, right? It's vacation. But for those of us that were there full time, for those or of you that there, worked or there, performed there, you know, or... it becomes a, a way of life. And I firmly think that it's a dangerous place for people to be because it develops um, too much. You yeah, know, you do too much of everything. I would Even leave myself. the island just when I worked out there. My one day off the island was just me in my bed, like yeah, <laughs> uh, Carter. Even you know it was it impacted why I didn't want to be there full time anymore. It was too much of the same stuff every weekend. And when you say that to people that are passionate about Fire Island, the rebuttal is, well, you can make a Fire Island what you want of it, but 
who that doesn't want to spend their their summers or every weekend completely blacked out drunk goes to a place where all they there is to do yeah. is drink. Put up a fucking movie theater then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd rather vacation somewhere else, which is why I urged us to leave. But so you know, if that's where we all stemmed from. So you know, knowing that you had a problem or whatever, like it was amplified from there oh yeah i mean i think being in the city working seven nights a week it was what it was then i met todd and things slowed down a little bit but like fire island is where my story like because when i met like with my sponsor i had to write down like my timeline and like it obviously vroom, like took off um Mid-Fire Island. Probably, like, right a year or two before I met Todd. It was literally, like, once I really started, like, dabbling into drugs is when it was. It's not up here, though. I mean, if I didn't do much, you know, in my first relationship out there, and then I started. I mean, I remember that one summer I was out there all the time, and my manager at Saks, I had lost so much weight. And she was like, what are you, on some hot summer diet? And I went to be like, yeah, it's Fire Island. I just, I don't eat anything. I just drink. And, you know, I was losing so much weight because I, I would eat chicken nuggets. When I got to just Fire drink. Island, it was um, the... Uh, do we just keep talking? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was the beginning of the summer. It was like uh, June or middle of June, maybe. And I was... In great shape. Uh, I was the best shape I've ever been in. And by the end of the summer, it was shot. No matter how hard I worked out, no matter how hard I tried to eat right for the five days I wasn't there. No. Nope. Two full days of drinking. Fuck you. It's much. Yeah. And think about it. Think about how many people from Fire Island that we know are either in recovery, have given Fire Island up. Or, or died. Or are dead or functioning alcoholics. It is a treacherous place um, for anyone that has any form of substance. Not even problem. Just even myself. You included. Like, you know, we tend to be very heavy drinkers when we drink. Fire Island? Forget about it. No, it's... I'm surprised I didn't get hurt out there. You know what I mean? Literally, just by not being able to walk or by getting alcohol poisoning. Like, the amount of alcohol. And then it changes your mindset because you think it's normal. It's not normal. To no, if you to to, that's what I'm saying. House. If you told somebody what you drink on Fire Island, they would say they would call Betty Ford on you right then and there. <laughs> but for us, it's like that's a normal. You wake up, you go to the pool, you have a frozen Cosmo, Mama. Like yeah, literally on our days off, that's what we did. People yeah. say to you, I remember the first time I was like terribly hungover on Fire Island, and I was like sweating, and I was jittery, and I was with Portia. And <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> she said to me, "Girl, just have another drink; it'll go away." Like, who recommends to somebody you care about to cause a problem or to... The solution to the problem is the problem. That's It was crazy. I mean, I, I'll never forget looking her in the eyes and being like, this place is bad for me, I should go home. Then I'm at <laughs> So, I mean, that's... So, problematic-wise, it was like... But we were only doing it like Thursday nights or... It, you know, yeah, I mean, that's like, for me, my level of... Like, the way I describe my alcoholism was, it wasn't every day, but when I drank and did stuff, I did it in a 
abundance. Like, I wasn't going to shows and having a drink and a shot. Like, and Fire Island, forget it. From, I would get to the boat at 3, and by the time I got on the boat at 3.30, I would have two or three drinks. Unless I was... What? See, I feel like when we traveled together, you weren't like that. I guess alone. I mean, you used to greet me at the boat with shots. Yeah. No, it was like at the beginning, maybe towards the end, I don't know. But maybe at the end, towards the end of Fire Island, I was just getting over like, Fire Island in general didn't bring on great things for our relationship. Well, I I was going to say that I think once we realized and both agreed that the island was bad for us, we tried to do things differently. And like (laughs) one way for me to do things differently was not drink on the boat. Yeah, or like we would get up before we started drinking at 11 and take a walk for a half hour thinking that was like, we were in like la la la. I remember you. We were like avoiding the bar. I remember like literally. Let's not drink from 5.30 to 5.45. It will be good. Like running on the beach. Like me and Walter would run the pines and then run on the beach and I would run by the AA meeting and be like fucking losers. And then like run to his house and start drinking. And like. It's insane to me when I think about how much I drank on that island. Really? Because it's insane to me how it is the only group of friendships I have that's still on island, off island, on vacation, out of state, out of country, that mentality persists. And it's not just one of my friends, especially if you're listening, <laughs> but all of them that are out there. You know, even people that I'm not very close with, but all they do. Is to drink. socialize is drink, yeah. Well, that's why I said it was so weird going out there last year sober. And, like, the other side of that island, the sober side, and, like, being with a group of people a few hours a day that don't drink that much, or being on the beach with people that aren't drinking on the beach, it's very different. Well, yeah. And, to, like, to... going out for an hour at night, like, the latest I was out was 11.30. And, like, I'd be in bed hearing the show. And I was like, oh, God. And, like... Yeah, I think that's the thing for me, too. Like, I appreciate drag, but it is what it is. If I wasn't married to a drag queen or a person that does drag, um, My I would have no interest in seeing her. it at all, let alone regularly. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't appreciate it that much. Oh. Um, wow. Sorry, it's the truth. Wow. It gets redundant to me. Um, it also Welcome gets... to the stage, redundancy. Well, let me refine that a little bit. Maybe drag doesn't get redundancy. The redundancy of drag on Fire Island is... is yeah, exactly. It can be nauseating. And what's so funny is everyone's like, oh, this is a beach vacation community. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's always the same people there seeing the same shows. Like, the cruise ship that doesn't move. Um... But see, for me, that affected Fire Island too. Because if I'm not drunk on Fire Island, what am I doing there? It's well, a beach. There's lots of them. I mean, going back to how it affects when you finally decided this is what's yeah. going to happen. You know, I of course in my mind was like, well, this, I mean, our whole relationship was basically going out. Not our whole relationship, but yeah, but like you and I have. Of friendship outside of a bar. There yeah. are people I only see and speak to in bars. Mm-hmm. So, I remember, you know, the first time we got together, and I was just like... You were like, what am I There, there was moments of silence here. I was like, at, at your old house, and I was just like, am I, am, are we, am I supposed to 
dance? I don't know. Like, I didn't know, like, you know, if I, what would, I even asked you, I said, are there any triggers that I would do? Just don't do cocaine in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, is me drinking, because I'm not changing who I am. For you. No, and I and you're said... you're not changing who you are for me. And I literally said that, like, because when you go into AA, a lot of it is, depending on who your sponsor is and the program you're going to work, it can be change the people you're around, change everything. And I said to my sponsor the day I met him, I said, I'm not changing my friends because all of them, every friend I have in New York City, I met in a bar. So you want me to start from zero? It's not happening. No, I have some great that's, people and in that's my not life. right to do because if your friends... If the people that are not going to let you be who you need to be, they're not truly friends, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I, for somebody to say, well, how is this going to affect me and oh, our God. relationship? Not that. Which people have said to you, it's ridiculous. It's I don't, like, see, I don't think so. I think it's completely fair because relationships of course are it's built gonna... for two people. So if, if you're going to do something that's going to affect our friendship. I have a friend that's looking to buy a house with the person she's dating the other day she brought up that they might want to move to Connecticut, which I think is horribly dumb. Part of the reasons is because I'm selfish in a relationship because I'm, I have to depend, defend my half of it. So I think presentation was wrong there. I think it could have been approached with a little bit more grace, but I definitely think the question's fair. What happens to our friendship? All we do together is go to a bar. So what okay, do we you're, do now? You're talking about presentation, but that's exactly what... The right. main issue was, yeah, yeah, the how does presentation this affect me? And was like, literally the question yeah. at the end of the day. Was how I know how yeah, is yeah, this yeah. going to affect our relationship? Of course, if we're drinking at night and you're like, I gotta go, I gotta, yeah, you know, take myself out of the situation. You're fine with that, and we're fine with that. You know, but I'm try. I try to respect that too as much as I can. Yes. Well, yeah. and I say. To, because like when I speak and I speak frequently in AA, like I have to do the twenty. I remember when you were so scared. Now you're like spokesmodel of the world. Girl, now I love it. Um, <laughs> well, and I, I, I'm have, I never spoke to you about that. But oh boy, this is the nice, <laughs> nice <laughs> place go. to do it. Yeah. So now that we Should have we play all chasing of these cars? millions of subscribers listening, <laughs> um, I, I always thought about and never acknowledged how scary it must have been for you because you were. Your persona, not necessarily Logan, but what you let be your kind of ticket, right, drag, was built around being a sloppy, drunken, party girl mess. Yes. It was your shtick, right? I think you were sloppy. No, the shtick was. The shtick Not that he pretended, not that he was sloppy all the time, but, you know. Um, So it must have been hard to kind of, like, walk back out there and be like, hey... Sober, you know what I mean? But I've seen him do shows where he all's he done maybe one bump and <laughs> like like one drink at, at at Playhouse right before his show and his show has still been yeah, on no, fire. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that he So can't I knew that he yeah. sober, but my whole he had to give up the shtick of being it's it would be like it's like not to not to 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 but like Lavinia Draper, like her yeah. shtick is being drunk, but she's not a drunk. She's sober. She's so sober. only the no, I know that. That story is based off of her. I know that, but somebody who doesn't know that watching the show might think, "Oh, oh she's totally she's drunk." Wasted. Yeah. And, and wasted. No, but my whole thing was I built a career on being a party person. Yeah. I was hired in New York City before I was doing shows all the time as a host because I could bring a party, and I would bring fun people that wanted to have a good time and. 
I liven up a room and all of that. So to take all of that away and then be like, let me reintroduce myself yeah. as the sober girl was... Well, to be able to do that, it's ballsy and, and I give you credit for it. To retain your fan base is impressive because... You're, it, well, you didn't have that much before. No, I'm just oh, no, I mean, girl. it shows that your quality of humor, why, why people enjoy watching you, is not based in your alcohol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, for me, it was like, well, this is, we're going to throw this coin up and it's going to land on one of two sides. I'm either going to lose everything and just literally not be doing this anymore. We would have had so much more closet space. <laughs> Truly. Or we're going to, it's going to work. And, People, everyone that's come to see me in person has said, like, it's just, they're like, you are on it. Like, your attention to, like, being focused and present is completely different than before. Yes. Everyone that goes to your show that's in our circle, since you've become sober, close to distant friends have commented how your show's so much better. Well, that's nice to hear. Because I'm also able to put two words but together. Like, shorter. It's a, <laughs> Mama, those two numbers Girl, are Girl, the beginning of the pandemic, I'm like, oh, it's four hours later and she's on Instagram. Oh yes. God, you remember? Oh, God. But now it's like, girl, it's nine o'clock. I gotta go. Beat it. I gotta get to El Jalapeno Taco Truck. No, but, and you know, for him. Me. For t- yeah, sorry, everyone can't see me. I'm because I can see myself. I feel like everyone can see me. For Todd, it literally was rock bottom. Six days, rock ru- bottom. Rock <laughs> rug pulled out from under you. I'm going to AA and completely changing my life. Which so many jokes about rock and you <laughs> just passed them. I know, but no, because you haven't watched yet. <laughs> oh, because I haven't watched. <laughs> and just like that. Um, it like literally, I pulled the rug out from under everyone, but like, you know, him being my husband. Well, I thought this was done. Well, I thought it was done. Yeah. And then when you said we drove home together, I was like, <laughs> trust me, Ooh, try, shit. <laughs> try a six hour drive on the come down from Ooh, shit. <laughs> a plethora of things where you're barely speaking. It was a real doozy. But, you know, the just the thought, just the fact of me entering AA, because it's a selfish program. In the Especially pandemic. Especially at the beginning, you are solely focused on yourself. And it is almost said, anyone that's not on this board with you, like, push them aside for a minute. Like, you need to get you together. And I really was like, 10 o'clock, I'm going to a meeting. I don't care if we have people over. I don't care if we're having dinner. 6 o'clock, I'm going to a meeting. Have dinner without me. Like, I mean, I was... In it, and like I didn't ask him. I didn't say, "Oh, I'm thinking." I went to a meeting, and I came home, and I said, "I love that. I think I'm going to keep this up." Like there was no conversation of, "Is this, you know, how do you feel about this?" It was. No, there wasn't. Um, have you? Have but on you... my end, either. I I think that if you didn't find AA, this would not. Happen. Oh no, we wouldn't be together. No. No. What if you found AA? And Jesus. <laughs> I do have a God of my own No, it was at a point that, you know... Oh, yeah. It would have been... I would have been... Done. Self-sabotaging myself. You know what I mean? I was making decisions and making moves and either... You come with me because you deserve to be here or you don't. Yeah. Um, How many people have come to you thinking that this was a phase or... 
no one like has come to me. I heard it at the beginning like, from oh, a few you're people. Just doing this for a a few people months. thought, you know, this is just you're gonna just use this to kind of like level out, navigate through, and then. But I can tell you from the moment that we were laying in bed, and it was the Housewives of Orange County, and Bronwyn was it was the premiere of that season and the whole episode was about her journey and alcoholism. I was laying in bed, I was crying and I remember literally just going, that's me. Yeah, I mean, the next day we both talked about that episode and and the way that she was describing her substance abuse issues was um, touching. You know what I mean? She, She said and did things or she explained the things that she did so blatantly that I think it would ring bell for anybody that struggles with consumption. You know what I mean? And it's 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 weird to talk about too cuz you and I talk about like my drinking. I don't do drugs. But <laughs> my, my, just so everyone's aware of that. He snorts um, melatonin. My yeah, my drinking um and my relationship with alcohol and it's it's not simple. I think most people that have a relationship with alcohol it's a complicated I know very few people, my mom, my sister, who can have a One drink or two and here and there. Mostly everyone else Five I times know, a year. Yeah. Mostly everyone else I know, if they're having drinks, they're getting a little tipsy. I know people who get tipsier better than other people. I know people who have different tolerances, people that can drink for 12 hours straight. You know, and then I know me and a good group of my friends that when we drink, we drink like we're at a college party still. Um... I don't do that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Utter bullshit. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I do I'm, have to say, remember when I was, the whole pandemic, I was saying I've never, I've never felt hungover. Yeah. Which was true. <laughs> and I was drinking like the cheapest shit. Girl. And I still drink the cheapest shit. But now that maybe I drink once every week or once every nine days... I think the cheap shit is cheap and crappy. Yeah. And I wake up going, ew. So my nutritionist teaches me this every time I I talk to her. And it's when you are going to cheat, like, make it worth it. Don't make it because of McDonald's. Like, have the most delicious mashed potatoes and the most expensive glass of champagne. Like, see, but like me right now. So you're telling me just get nice vodka. Well, because if if you are drinking, and it should be a little bit celebratory if it's not yes, yeah. I haven't awesome. had McDonald's in a year and a half, and I could eat 50 chicken nuggets right now. I will tell you, having eaten cleaned, cleanly for the last, I don't know, 45 days, I don't miss fast food ever. No, You're not like, really. And I haven't had a bowel movement. No, I've had lots of bowel movements. <laughs> um, but yeah, fast food, mm-mm. Fast food. We went from Fire Island to ripping the rug out of recovery to fast food. Oh, this is a great place to discuss this. Yesterday on with my nutritionist, um, Michelle, she's amazing, and she was talking about carbohydrates, sugar, right, alcohol, fast food. Um, When you consume more than 30 grams of carbohydrates, which would be four glasses of wine, it releases like 70 synapses or uh, that's not the right word but you get like 70 reactions euphoric reactions in your brain which make you crave more which is why you supersize which is why you have the six glass of wine when you do heroin it's only seven so alcoholism is really 
at the heart of it, outside of the, uh, at the nutrition part of it, is really just an addiction to sugar. But the reason that your brain responds to it so well is because that's how powerful sugar is. You're alcohol... saying we should do heroin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I truly believe that alcohol is a worse thing to put in your system than some drugs. Because when you do cocaine, you're not at a risk. Half the people that are watching this are like, I'm going to relapse during this. Truly. When, but when you do cocaine, they don't say, don't get behind the wheel of a car. But when you have too much drinking, you... Well, because it's illegal. But there's not a reason, in my mind, if you put them side by side all the way down, that alcohol is legal other than it makes so much money. It's a money maker, and that's why it's legal. That's why weed should be completely legal. Well, and legal. it's ingrained in our culture. Yeah, I think you all celebrate drugs should be legal. with alcohol. You recover with alcohol. You you know you cheers. Alcohol is a celebration. It's a. I personally think all drugs should be legal and regulated and whatnot. I mean, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna do cocaine, you're gonna do cocaine. Yeah, you might as well just go to the drugstore and get good cocaine. Yeah, I mean, on <laughs> I'm a, just saying. On a, from a social perspective, I agree with you, right? Amsterdam, I think Norway. There's countries that have much looser uh, drug. You know, it's taxable. You can it, it goes into the government. It's alcohol what? is the fact that it's one a depressant, two it's dangerous. I mean, just plain and flat, like there. When you say things like cocaine's illegal, but there are people that do better on cocaine than they do with liquor. Girl, people no, were the like that selling said, and buying stocks like this in the, in the 90s. When you the comparison to like, don't drink and drive, why isn't it like, don't party and drive, or don't do drugs and drive, the only reason that's not marketed is because it's illegal. You know yeah. what I mean? But now what's cool about the, the don't drink and drive movement is now they're just talking about being tipsy. Like, don't even have... Don't be tipsy and drive. Don't be buzzed and drive. Those are the new... There are so many times that I should have drugs. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, ha- I have two DWIs, but they're off my record now. because I'm, I'm like I'm an AA enough. gold star. I haven't had any DUIs. I was never in jail. <laughs> my first one I was so pissed off about because I was in college. I was in bed, asleep. My friends called me and said, we need you to pick us up. And I had been to that party and I came home, went to bed... Got in my car, went to go pick him up, brought him back to the dorm, and then I got stopped at the dorm. And I still had it in me, but I was had already been in bed. I was so mad because I, I, I signaled when I didn't need to signal, but I signaled because I thought I needed to signal. Yeah. It's, you know, the whole thought of the thought process of how regular alcohol is in our lives is something I could talk about for hours because it fascinates me. When you look on... In movies where it's when you're sad, you drink. When you're happy, you drink. When you're scared, you drink. Like, it is just the norm in our culture to go to alcohol. And it's, that's dangerous because it normalizes. I don't like to call alcoholism a disease because I don't think it is. I think any I mean, they say this. I don't think it's, I don't think that I have a disease. I like to say in some of the literature, it says like you have an allergy to alcohol like i can have a drink and set it down but if i'm going in it gets out of control that's what, that's what a lot of people i think thought about you they were like well you don't have a problem you have one drink a night and then you girl go. no one said she doesn't have a problem no i'm, I'm just saying like 
there we know people that literally wake up and they have wine under their bed and they take a swig. Well, They're not with it, us anymore. Also, do you want to introduce yourself? We also I do not wake up and drink my vodka in my room. That and I think this is important for you to hear too, especially in the nightlife community. There's very few drag queens uh, who are not sober that aren't heavy drinkers, possibly with problems. Um, and it just gets overlooked. And I'll never forget. Remember when you, Brenda, and Ariel did the show in City Island? And we drank them out of vodka. You drank them out of vodka and <laughs> were doing drugs. And hey. and Aida's son Truth teller. was talking about um, how much fun it was. And Aida was talking about your level of energy and how whatever. And he was like, Ma, they're doing tons of drugs. <laughs> And she said to me at work, oh, Liam, Liam said that, you know, the drag queens all do drugs. And I was like, they do. (laughs) And I, I, it was the first time that an outsider's perspective, it was so revealing to me because I would go around with you to shows and this and that. And, you know, there's a hyped level of attention that you get that feels like fame, right? You walk into a bar and the drag, you're with the drag queen, you're carrying the bag, he's your husband, whatever. But really, for the people that aren't in the bar all the time, what they see is somebody that's doing drugs and drinking too much, and that's what they do to entertain you. But don't think that, because you, you said, oh, they said I had a problem. We should be saying that a lot of the nightlife. Oh, yeah. Have a problem. Well, I had, you know, this is coming out probably after my conversation with Marty, but Marty's working for Hush and Q Lounge, and I told you. They rolled out, first of all, like 90% of their staff, that might not be true. More than half their staff is sober. And they're rolling out New York City's, like, gay bar first mocktail menus at both places. Oh, which like, is smart. Using, rit- using Ritual. Please use code LoganXHardcore at Ritual.com for, LoganXHardcore for 15% Girl, off. Girl, cut to me, try, going into the wine store, going, do you have that non-alcoholic liquor? <laughs> and they were like, What? And then I went to the other store, because you told me to go to this one store, and I was like, there's this non-alcohol... They were like, we don't sell liquor here. And I was like, but didn't you have a non-alcohol... They were like, oh, I don't know. And then finally I had to go to the middle store that was in the middle. And But like, I was oh, saying right to Marty, like, it's important because there's people whose names I won't say because I'm not supposed to take others' inventory. But when I hear people and I talk to them and they're like... Um, Oh, God, I really, I was planning on not drinking so much. If there's a choice of something else that is a crafted drink that gives you the experience, I think these people will start to slowly shift or at least have the option. Oh, I don't. No, I'm not drinking a mocktail. No, me neither. I'd rather have a seltzer. I don't, no, I mean performers. Like, oh, I don't think so either. I do. I do. I think if there's... Maybe. Yeah, no, because these girls that get, it's once you, you, and you know this, once you do enough and you're in it, now you're in it for the night. But if you don't get yourself to that point, like Brenda now having this dog is great. She says it all the time. She's like, now that I have this dog, I do my show when I go home. I might go out for a drink afterwards. She's like, but it's not a 4 a.m. night well, anymore. Well, you had, no, you had, and I need to say that a, a lady of a certain age starts to change behavior too. And that's without performing. That's the boat that I'm starting to get into. Like, but you had a guy had a, a had a moment recently in the city where it could have been a 4 a.m. night. No, and it turned not no, into that. It couldn't. It and, wouldn't. We went out with friends. Well, let me get to this, and then we'll go back to that. Um, you know, m- what I was saying is, I will just speak to Brenda and I are the same age. It's getting to a point where it's like, this is 
and another friend of ours said this, this isn't really like serving me anymore. It's fun in the moment. It's fun when I'm with people. It's fun when I'm drinking a bottle of wine by myself on the phone with my friends. But then the retrospect is like, this is stupid. I'm fat. I don't feel good. I feel bad about the decisions I made. Not that I did anything wrong, but just I stayed up late and drank wine or I talked shit or I was loud or I was annoying. Like carrying that weight all the time becomes annoying. Um, and I'm not good at just letting it go. Well, that was that was <laughs> no, some and, of the reasons. And I, you've become incredibly annoying sober as well. So <laughs> I'm the worst, most annoying sober person. You oh you God. are, but you aren't. Like no, I mean, we have a friendship that you can make fun of me in terms in in ways. Yes, but you've never really made me feel bad about me being me. And no, who I am. because no. no, and I never would. I know what I can say to you. That I can joke with you that you'll hear what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it not be me cutting you. I will never cut you. That if you're in my close life, I'm not cutting you. But I will say things and I have to navigate my relationship with you. Then I have to differ, like mm-hmm. differently than I navigate my and relationship. And I've heard those things. This is why I've, I've changed a lot. I know of you my do. That's habits. But, and you know, some people... Now I'm like... 10.30, I've got to go to bed. Some people yeah. would look at us and be like, my God, Logan says such horrible things. But I know in me saying what I'm saying in our joking way that we have a friendship, you hear what I'm saying. And, you know, that just works for us. But I can't do what I do to you. No, some of my no. Friends. no. They would take it too, like, nail and... Right. Nail in the coffin. Mm-mm. So you were said you were going to go back to something. You said, well, let me wrap you guys, this up. Like, you guys oh, had we a had moment gone where... out with friends and... It Which would first, have normally... Oh, it would have been a 4 a.m. night. Yeah, and it was the first time that we were out with you being sober and the pandemic and in the city. We went to the movies, and then afterwards when we got out, I was hungry. Um, and I had said to him during the movie, it's always about food or alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, babe, let's go to the diner or something when we go home. But I was so incredibly hungry that when I got out, I realized it was only 10.30. We are with a couple that normally even with Logan being sober, our socializing with them is based in some form of alcohol. Um, I knew that they were going to kind of make a face at calling it the night, and I wanted to spend more time with them. So I said, let's grab a bite and a drink. And I could feel that Logan was anxious if it was going to turn into, like, Todd and, and... Because it literally just, it never hasn't. It's always turned into, with that... With running down 42nd Street, waving, waving my purse around my head. Because I was wanting to sleep with Michael Morano, who ended up being in the <laughs> fucking wedding party. Um, well, so did Joe. Crescent Moon. Uh, <laughs> uh, Crescent Moon night. Daddy or Twink night. That was all that night. Um, you know the best part of that? We got done with chasing Todd down the street, and we ended up at that little bar inside doing shots. <laughs> Just saying, you celebrate and move on with alcohol. Um, but yeah, it, it, and what I think it taught us, or the conversation that we had the whole ride home, because sometimes Logan's an exceptional communicator, was that <laughs> his sobriety requires him to be a very concise communicator. I don't want to go out after the movies needs to be said, because if you're at, sometimes Logan will go away to P-Town and, and we'll be out till one o'clock in the morning and he's around alcohol all day and it's not a problem. And then sometimes Logan wants the night to end. So I can give him some of that leeway. You need to be up front and tell me I want to go home and I need to be able to say, see you tomorrow because I want to stay out with my friend. And we had to learn. Yeah. That, like, we haven't been out together yet. No, we probably won't until at least 2026 at this point. <laughs> but rate. I did, it was fun visiting you in Fire Island and just having a yeah. relaxed day in the pool 
well, and then you, you and know, I can lay it in. Misfunctioning alcoholic came to town, and we were like, <laughs> "Oh yes." <laughs> oh. Um, what's her name? Don't say it out loud. Oh. No. We can skip it. Yeah. Um, Ryan's with Ani. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Who's Ani? I don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, oh my god <laughs> she doesn't listen to she this. doesn't li- Connie Francis doesn't <laughs> listen to this you don't know Connie Francis oh my, oh my god that's Connie Falk like you want to talk about somebody who's a functioning alcoholic Connie Francis on that island it, it's much one person on that island <laughs> no but I'm talking about who's... they should rename Cherry Grove to functioning alcoholics no but who's been there like since the get go yeah. well so has <laughs> yeah no and I mean is living in a like a hole it's so weird because it's the epitome, like it, it is exactly what it should be. It's magical and it's fun and it's vacation and it's gay and there's no judgment. Until there is. No, but that's <laughs> the problem. That's why it harbors alcoholism because there is no judgment. And People are asleep outside the market and everyone just walks by and is like, they had fun. I, I mean, <laughs> somebody had a good time. Yeah, We're taking take like selfies and... Think about it. People get so drunk. I only vomited once. They take shits in the middle of town, right? Shout out Valerie Perez. <laughs> they throw bottles. For me! They walk into trees. <laughs> they walk off boardwalks. They break phones. They lose lives of Minnelli's fucking concert. I mean, people do outlandish, crazy things. And the next day... Who Everyone, got crazy at Liza Minnelli's Who peed on, peed on yourself? Or did Marty pee on themselves? You peed on yourself. When? When you were in drag with Marty going through the meat rack and somebody... Oh, peed. Martina Sky. Yes. Oh my God, I peed right on no, myself. No, not Marty. Not Marty Gold Cummings. <laughs> Martina Sky, yeah. It was pouring out. We had just done a show in the Pines. We had to walk through the meat rack with garbage bags on. And I had to pee. I just let it run down my leg. <laughs> No judgment. No judgment. I knew I was going to get out back to the Ice Palace. And then, you know what I did at the Ice Palace? I washed my leg in the drag room sink, put on my bathing suit, and went out for the rest of the night. No, but you didn't have a problem. Night clubbing. (laughs) Fucking night clubbing to the three bars. So I guess with just a little bit of time left, I would ask you, because I've always said I was going to give you this opportunity, is there any question that you want to ask or anything you want to say about this that, you know... Any questions you've had that we don't talk about this often? We kind of just roll around. I don't feel like I have any questions. I do remember when you you finally said that you had done all your I'm like your apology tour, and I was like, I didn't get an apology. You were like, I don't owe you any apology. So here's my question to you: Is there something I owe? I did. I did. I I apologize for not having you be the best man at my wedding. Girl, I was thinking the other day. I was like, Bianca got to officiate it. Jada got. Thing at it, Bianca was... got to be the best man and not give a good ex- best man speech. No, Brenda was the best man. No, Bianca was my best man. I thought Brenda was. No. I asked all of you and then I chose Bianca. You didn't ever ask me. Yes, I did. Drunk at Boots and Saddles once. Oh, yes, God. I did. This conversation makes me want to drink. <laughs> well, we're going to have some drinks. Oh, God. It is New Year's Eve. I'll um, be in bed no, by 12.01. I don't think I have any major questions well, good, I mean then. I'm just glad that our relationship survived is, is strong enough to survive you know you being sober Sally judgy sober Sally judgy sober girl, Sally girl you I, like, I don't think that you're judgy but she is a little bit I mean all people in the program have a little bit of judgment you ever meet and somebody out on Fire Island that walks yeah. around like he's a fucking mayor of Soberville no I mean I'm I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we have I mean, some regardless. people out there who are the t- president of Cherry Grove, and then we have some who are the sober. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the same thing. And in thing. the middle, we have, I could drink rosé all day, and I could drink rosé all night, but I can't drink rosé all day and all night. No, but it's the same <laughs> as people that are uber, uber religious, that like, okay, you fine, if you love Jesus, live your life. It's the people that go up to you and be like, did you find Jesus yet? So yeah. I don't need somebody to be like, Right. You, you know, have you found sobriety yet? Like no, but that you know what it is much. too. When you feel like, because uh, Logan has a presence, I feel Logan's presence now when I am partaking in a cocktail or. No. Yeah. I feel his presence. I feel his. I feel his eyes. Yeah. Somebody's eyes. I feel like he's present. Uh, and the second and that I counting stopped, every and the second single I stopped taking it as counting every drink, I realized that it was more like, "Why are you drinking a whole bottle of wine by yourself?" Yeah. And I needed to hear that. Well, it's because you're because not drinking it with me. I Somebody will, has to drink it. I will be. I mean, I can say this very honestly. There's a part of me. I don't think everyone needs to be. I don't think. I don't think everyone needs to be sober. No. I think everyone in my life partakes to a level that doesn't need to be happening. And just knowing what how good I feel being completely sober, sometimes I see people doing things. And I'm like, oh God, you're gonna regret this. <laughs> my God. You're going to regret this tomorrow. Like, this doesn't have to go to level 50. How about level 12? Girl, after Logapalooza. Oh, my God. God Wait, and this, we'll end this with this, because this was such a, we just moved into this new house. It was my dad coming up the stairs. Um, Moving into this new house, and we were packing the old house. Remember at Logapalooza when I lost a bag and I couldn't find it, and I blamed you? When we were packing the move. I remember you blaming me. I did. I was like, I was so mad at you. Then I started doing all yours. And oh, I probably found it and threw it out. I threw no, it out. I found it all the time. I found it hidden. Just give places. it to me. I threw it out underneath the <laughs> underneath the pancake of the Mac thing in the little bag and the rip. Did in the you bag. go searching for it all the time? All the time. Every time I came home from final, I threw that shit out. One time, I dumped it out in the toilet bowl and then I taped it to the mirror in the bathroom and wrote with his expensive lipstick, "Stop this." And one time, when I came home from Stonewall, because I knew he would go searching for it, I used to put it in the battery case of the remote in the living room because I knew he would never look in there. <gasps> Smart. Yeah. Sometimes oh, you wait. hide it in, the, in like the, the No, vents. no, I didn't hide it in the vents. But one of the good ones is he used to have a book on his nightstand table in Queens and I would put it in the book because I knew he was never going to open the it. book and read it. <laughs> I hate, I could take Logan being drunk and like whatever. He was fun when he was drunk. Uh, I had fun with him when he was drunk. Come back to when us. When Logan was drinking <laughs> and doing cocaine, which was most frequent, if that you ever saw him challenge. do this face. Yeah, that was a challenge. I didn't find that's, you entertaining. That's when you knew. Yeah, you want me to pull up your face? Time. Do I have a face? When your gums, when your oh, yeah. lip gets stuck because your mouth is G- so dry? Going home from your... Remember that one birthday party at that... Oh, we my were God. The vodka we place. Yes, the I was place. in the taxi going to Penn Station like... Oh, my God. That party... And then, like I you, think that was such a crazy party. No, well, you weren't hanging out with me, me Austin, Renee, and Bianca. Bianca. <laughs> Mama, remember we just kept saying "blast off." That's what it meant. I was like, "Can I get to Penn Station?" We went to Stone. See, I hate. I hated that you all did cocaine, and I was so anti-cocaine because. See, I was anti-cocaine when I was with Joe. I've always been anti-drugs, and I'm judgmental about it. And I apologize to all of you that I judge about it. But... <laughs> It, 
I wish I had the same fear of drugs um, that I have of drugs for alcohol because I would never drink. Not that I need to be terrified of alcohol, but I am growing up with an uncle who was an addict forever terrified me of, of drugs. Well, now, like, I'm with this whole fentanyl thing. I'm just like, I would not, I don't even know. Fentanyl! No. no. I mean, pop It's coming over on the caravan. Pop, whatever. I did shrooms once in college, but that's it. I never even went around cocaine. People knew not to even offer it to me. Isn't it funny that from day one on Fire Island, the only person to ever offer me cocaine was that dinner party we went to and I thought I was going to have a nervous break. I have a secret to tell you. What? <laughs> what? One time I put cocaine in your drink because I wanted to see if it would affect you. You drugged me? I can see you. you did you? It's a felony. You, oh, you that did? needs to be Where? part of your uh, apology tour. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I wanted to see oh its reaction. Does it work that way? Um, it could. It was a, if it would have to be a substantial yeah. amount, and you would notice it if it was a substantial you amount. Would, you would taste it. You would and your lose. mouth would go numb. Yeah. Something like, if you fun. ate a bag, your mouth would just numb. It is fun. We were able to drink for hours. Yeah. But I will tell you, one of the things I noticed on Fire Island, and sorry if you hear this, like, 10 o'clock at night, watching the little parade to the bathroom, I was like, girls, is this... And Who I, did we think we were and like, morons? And then, and then the next morning, be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do cocaine. I'll With never, snot running down I'll never face. forget my birthday. My Remember birthday. when you found? I was. I had a little stick hanging out during brunch once, and yeah. you're like, "Look at Renee. that!" You had cocaine stuck to your butt one time. My birthday uh, in the old house, I oh think boy. 2019. He had to go do brunch, which started at <laughs> noon and ended at midnight. <laughs> so I, we went out the night before for dinner, right? For my birthday, oh with my a group of god! People. I knew he had fucking brunch, so I was like, "Whatever, well, I'll just do nothing on my actual birthday." I was fine with it. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, "Babe, I'm just gonna stop by and say hello to this one," which always meant, you know, I'm gonna just continue the party. I don't know why you have to stop by and say hello to a drag queen. Call him on the phone the next day. Um, <laughs> well, you can't do. Lines and then phone. walked into the house with bre- <laughs> no last name, and, <laughs> um, and literally they were like, I was in like. Boxer shorts on the like, couch. On the couch, I nuts w- out. Like, leave me alone. And they were like, "Let's go, let's go." We literally this walked. The Queens. No, this right. was in White Plains. We no, walked oh, in and we were like, "Surprise!" So we're we going out. And everyone was this, you know, bug eyed. <laughs> so I'm like, "All right." So they obviously did coke all day. So then we start drinking. It was the first night that I actually met. Bleep is... these names out. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, sorry. I will start using pronouns. Um, they, them, he, him. Uh, they are very loud, you know, when they're partying. Um, enjoy them, but so loud. And then one, they had a pee so many times. Oh, let me go to the bathroom one more time. Let me go to the bathroom one more time. Let me go to the bathroom one more time. Now I'm a little drunk, so I'm like, these fucking people. Like, I know. I'd rather you just, like, put it on the table at this point. Well, I wish I knew that. Well, then if we it was went, Studio if 54 you did that, I would have left you like a minute. <laughs> uh, then we went out, and... <laughs> They, Logan and one of his friends, were so fucked up that they decided the other one was annoying and left her in a bar in White Plains, <laughs> 30 miles north of Manhattan. Bleep the names out, why don't you? <laughs> like, I was like, that is a bad decision, but I knew with that level of party. like Then was, we went home you know, and you rolled over on my knee and popped it out of place. Yeah, I was trying to get the coke out of your pocket. <laughs> there was never coke in my pocket. <laughs> 
Well, this has been an honest conversation, which I have to say, we can look back and laugh now, but oof. Well, I mean, what's the journey? I mean, the journey is, you are where you are now. Journey We are here with you and love you. And we are here. Move over, Bob. (laughs) You know, I don't think too much has really changed other than... Oh, Joe! <laughs> oh, Joe! You know, and half the time when we when my we went out, so I always like ran home at like ten o'clock. Oh my god! Well, you couldn't. <laughs> first of all, when we went out, you weren't running anywhere, um, and you got sent home at ten o'clock because you literally turned into nonverbal bobblehead until we found the good drugs that kept you going. Girl, things I don't miss right now is like waking up in Ronkonkoma or a train yard. No. No. Or, no, you know what? That's that's for the Patreon on another day. <laughs> My name's Logan Hardcore, also known as Logan Slaughter, when I I'm not you. cross-dressing for Jesus. This is Renee. This is my husband, Todd. And this has been an honest conversation with my best friend and my husband about the journey of the past year and four months of my recovery. No, it's New Year's Eve and they're going to go... Shit! They're going to go drink and I'm going to get judgy. Finally, ju- we can have a cocktail. I'm going to go get judgy. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>